this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. WABC. It may be the Memorial Day weekend, but you're not getting best of because that's always worst of. You're getting live and local like you did earlier today with my Kumbari Chi, Trudy Giuliani, who is celebrating his 78th birthday. And as you're getting it, as I return to the cockpit, I mean, I've been here almost all weekend long. WABC, the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis. And we're going to just rocket our way to the 5 o'clock hour. And then it's, uh, wow, this guy is really rocketing to uh, glory and fame. The young man uh, in our entertainment lineup, Vinny Maduno, will be here from 5 to 6. So nice uh, management and ownership and doing it twice. Saturday nights uh, from 5 to 6 before his mentor, Cousin Brucey. And now, uh, 5 to 6 on Sundays before Jersey Joe, Joe Piscopo, and uh, two hours of Sinatra. Uh, it's the uh, Ramsey, uh, uh, not Subaru, it's the Ramsey Mazda. Two hours extravaganza. And then it's Tina Martin uh, as she regales you with uh, songs of her daddy who came from Steubenville, Ohio, Dean Martin. And then guess who's back? Curtis Lewa. That's right, 9 to 12. And then remember, you got the Animal Welfare Edition, the most popular called into of the many segments that I do here at WABC. Then it's my, uh, the bumper, the barrier, Dominic Carter, as our broadcast resumes the beginning of the week from 12 to 1. And then surprise, surprise, surprise. No Frank Morano. He's too busy losing all of his uh, money at the crap tables at the Borgata, where no doubt. They've extended him a lot of credit, but as you know, nothing uh, is free in life, Frank. I realize you may have to be taking the New Jersey Transit bus back to the Port Authority after they dry you out. But then I'll be taking you from 1 to 4. Make that 5 in the morning. That's right. It's nonstop courtesy. And let's not forget this week. This week in which I'll be, again, providing you with a uh, 45 minutes during your lunchtime after the Bill O'Reilly updated 12 noon to 12.15, and then I take you from 12.15 to 1. Maestro, I need a little bit of that Top Gun music underneath. I need it uh, to be pumping and jumping because it's difficult for me to get beyond the little short, short guy, Tom Cruise, with the lifts from Syracuse, New York. You know, Mr. Scientology, bar none, even more so than the man from Englewood Cliffs. You know who I'm talking about. Saturday, not Night Live, but Saturday Night Fever, Travolta. Right? I mean, him and Travolta. Who's more of the Scientologists? Now, look, I'm not talking about their sexual preferences. We're not going that way. We're talking about a revival here. Tom Cruise has said that he had to get back into the cockpit 
like he did in the Top Gun debut in 1986. Wow, that's a month of Sundays before. First off, since uh, clearly, at least in the United States, they racked up about $134 million, and more of the baby boomers were going into theaters than they had since the lockdown and pandemic of March 2020. Has anybody out there eyeballed this new version of uh, Top Gun called, what is that, uh, Maverick? Man, Matt Pete, Maverick Mitchell, something. Like, who the hell knows? Uh, I'm not going to know Top Gun. But I know there are a lot of you aficionados out there. You just can't get enough. But don't believe the hype. We've been told by the studios that Tom Cruise is not a crash dummy here. He's doing his own stunts. That's Tom Cruise that you see in the top, uh, the cockpit as Maverick. And that he's flying the plane. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Do you actually believe that? That's Tom Cruise flipping and flopping, top-siding, I mean, playing catcher, who's on top, who's on the bottom. I'm speaking in reference to uh, the jet plane. Do we really believe that it's Tom Cruise that's doing all of those stunts? And then others suggest, well, he's not really flying the plane uh, in this second version of Top Gun Maverick. Well, if he's not flying the plane, what other stunts is he doing? I mean, what, playing volleyball on the beach there in Pensacola with the other uh, top flight uh, Top Gun crews? I don't know. I need to know from all of you out there. Or maybe just riding his motorcycle. You know, time crew's always got to be uh, MC, you know, motorcycle. It's always like part of him. But I don't know. Uh, does Scientology have anything to do with this, really? Do you have to take a personality test before you go into the theater? Do they give you that E-test? And by the way, do you have to read Dianetics? Who is it that wrote Dianetics? Because, remember, this will be an opportunity to win a Curtis Lee with Booby Prize here as we're plowing through the Memorial Day weekend. And don't say Happy Memorial Day like a bunch of you uh, Schmendricks and Gabons have already said to me. It's a solemn occasion. We're honoring our war dead. We'll get back to that momentarily. But i got to ask you, are you aware that uh, the movie studios are claiming that this is top... Tom Cruise, I mean, in his glory. He's doing everything. In fact, he had a train for months, as if all of a sudden he was going to get into the cockpit of an old Soviet uh, old Soviet uh, plane and volunteer his services to Zelensky in the Ukraine. He was ready to do that, right? Right, right, remember? Yeah, right. Uh, I doubt it. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And speaking of Zelensky... He's probably watching Tom Cruise in that uh, F-14 Tomcat or those other planes, the Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II or that Russian Sukhoi S-57 felon. He's probably saying, can I have those planes now because you won't send me any planes. (laughs) You won't send me any of those old uh, Soviet planes. So I'll take whatever's left over from this version of Top Gun. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. W.A.B.C., and I could have swore that that book that he was reading in the cockpit was Dianetics. That's almost uh, an absolute of what you have to do if you're going to be a strong Scientologist, whether out there on Hollywood Boulevard 
Well, they're in Sarasota, which is the nation's capital for all the Scientologists. I'm not just talking Tom Cruise and Travolta, but the rest of them. Our number is 1-800-848-WABC. And I believe that as much as I believe, remember we were told, believe the hype that James Corden in that carpool karaoke, remember we were told for years that he was actually driving that car in the streets of Sunset Boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, he was going uh, into the San, De- San Fernando Valley. He was actually driving. Remember uh, when he was sitting there with Bruno Mars? Oh, yeah, he's not only singing karaoke to Brit, James Corden, but he's driving, too, with Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga Goo Goo. You know, uh, all of a sudden had <laughs> thunder dice, Lady Gaga. It took her like a half hour to get into the car. And then Gwen Stefani. Oh, you're such a good driver, James. And it turned out to be fraudulent. He wasn't driving. It was on a tow truck. That's why I don't believe this hype about Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's flying it. He's going upside down all around. That's legitimate. He's been training. In fact, you know, he has his own personal plane at the end of the movie Maverick, the P-51 Mustang with the logo Kiss Me Kate. Kate or should it be Ken? I don't know. I'm a little confused about his sexuality. I always have been him in Travolta. But, hey, let's not rain on his uh, making money day at the box office. And then it's Jay Leno's garage, right? Do we truly believe that Jay Leno is outgunning all these young huckleberries out there? Do we really believe that Jay Leno, who must be, what, he must be about 82 or 92 right now, <laughs> is actually outgunning all these trendoids, freakasoids, jet setters? I just don't believe the hype. I'm sorry. I do know, though, before the hipsters and millennials, that they desperately needed to make this a box office smash. That's right, uh, with uh, Tom Cruise, who many of them didn't even know when they were birthed. Huh? Tom Cruise, who's that? Oh, I'm not a Scientologist, but now they're rediscovering Tom Cruise in Maverick, the knockoff of Top Gun. And right before the movie debut, oh, there was... And there was vapors going through the crowd. You know what the biggest problem was online? That the Starbucks app, there was an outage. And people couldn't order their Starbucks. Oh, my grande latte. What are we going to do without my Starbucks? Oh, no. I've been deprived. Can we blame this on Putin? Can we blame this on inflation? Can we blame this on President Joe Biden? Can we blame this on former President uh, Donald Trump? That all of a sudden Starbucks app outage to cause coffee drinkers to go like uh, into get catatonic reactions. They were like cold turkey. I need my fix. I need my latte now. They couldn't get it because they were preparing. They needed all day to go to the movie theater to see Tom Cruise in Maverick. By the way, for those of you who are bricks, you don't need to go to a movie theater because you got to have AC. I know some of you, you couldn't go to Beth Page's air show yesterday in the South Shore of Long Island. Uh, Jones Beach, uh, Robert Moses State Park, the weather was bad. It was miserable. But, boy, I got an eyeball of some folks that were out there along the uh, South Shore. And they were looking up, and they were seeing real fighter jet pilots, going through all their performances. If you happen to be out at the Beth Page Air Show, or you're out there today at Jones Beach for the show's second day, you got to give us a crowd, because that's the real deal. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222.
WABC, let's go right to the phones. It's Pat calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pat. Good afternoon. How yes, are Pat. you? Yes, Pat. I've had better days. I know, but you probably had worse too, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, as a result, uh, I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision, Pat. You know, I love going to all the Memorial Day parades. I wasn't able to go to the, the revival of Forest Hills on Metropolitan Avenue this morning. The uh, wreath laying uh, in uh, Maspeth on 69th and Grand because I had to prepare for the show. And obviously, I've got to continue to drive forward to the early morning hours. So part of me feels yeah, like there's a loss, but the other, the other part of it, it that's right, gives me the opportunity to be broadcasting here at the number one news talk station in the nation, WABC. Go for it, Pat. Okay, um, so we were talking about, you were talking about Tom Cruise, and uh, you had mentioned that there was a book that was out years ago, I believe it was in the 80s, called Dianetics. And uh, you wanted to know who the author was. Maybe you do know who it is, but um, I had gotten to very young. Hold on a second. Yeah. What do you mean? Do maybe I know who the author is? If I'm asking the question and I need a trivia right. answer, that means that I already know the answer. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. So, don't, um, don't get flustered. Don't get flummoxed. I'm not. I'm not. Trust me. I'm not. You can get. You can get to win a Curtis Lewa booby prize. You know what that is today? No. That is a styling, sporty, fashionable WABC baseball cap. None of that cheap material. Uh, and with the Curtis Lewa Show logo. And when you walk down the street in your neighborhood in Crooklyn, better known as Brooklyn, when those mm-hmm. thugs and thuggets <laughs> surround you and say, "Hey, give it up! Give it up! Give it up!" You can say, if I give it up, this guy is going to haunt you to the day I die. And watch, they'll disperse. That's so cool. So cool. I really have a lot of respect for you, Mr. Sleewell. All right, uh, don't give me the plaudits. Don't uh, pull my chain and chew my shorts. Uh, I want to know who the author of Dianetics is. Yes, Earl Ron Hubbard. Oh, I'll help you. L. Ron Hubbard, right? L. Ron Hubbard. Well, you, you stay on the line right now, Pat. Let's go to our, what is it that Frank Morano calls the phone screen? Is our telephone talent coordinator who has absolutely no talent whatsoever. Itsy, dizzy, uh, izzy, uh, whatever the hell his name is. Get all the patch information. We got to make sure. Look at he's splitting. In fact, uh, dizzy, izzy, you are going to be in charge of putting on a bulletproof body condom after the show and delivering to her personally. The Curtis Sliwa hat, the WABC logoed hat. And look, like every other strap hanger, you know, you may get mugged. Somebody may try to shoot you. Some wild and crazy guy may try to stab you. But it's time to be brave here at WABC, huh? It's time to show some chutzpah. Show some, show your weapons, your coulions. Look at him. He's, He's getting all nervous. He's schwitzing there. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And while all of this is going on, where uh, because of uh, Tom Cruise with the revival of Top Gun and people going to the air shows uh, and busting uh, their buttons and bridges with patriotic pride, you know what's happening at our uh, large Air Force base in Germany? I think it's the largest in uh, Europe for, uh, for us, Rammstein. They're actually 
I don't know how I say this in lieu of the fact this is uh, Memorial Day weekend and we're honoring our dead, but the Ramstein Air Base in Germany has invited a drag queen on base to read uh, 30-minute story time selections to the children of the servicemen and servicewomen who go to the local elementary school. Now, is this crazy or what? I mean, we're talking about, what is this, first graders? They've been told, oh, when you come and listen to the drag queen, that's going to be talking about the drag queen story time, uh, her selections of stories that she thinks that will enamor first graders. Get this. Be sure to wear your brightest and most colorful outfits. Three snaps up, right? Are you crazy? And we're spending tax dollars on this. Well, all of a sudden, United States Air Force out there in Colorado Springs, they said, we had no idea this was transpiring. How the hell would you not know that you were having a drag queen come on to the base, to the base elementary school for the children of the servicemen and servicewomen to have story time with Bonzo? Ah, but hey, you know, got to be very politically correct. You can't offend anybody. Drag queens, you know, this is their day, right? Uh, Their day. This is nuts. Out of all the many nutty things that are taking place, our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eric, who is uh, calling from uh, Katona, New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Eric. Hey, what's up, Curtis? How are you? I've had better days. And I'm leaving the uh, air show right now. I was just at the uh, the movie last night. I saw Top Gun with my girlfriend, Brooke. And uh, I'm just leaving the air show right now, so it was nice to uh, go there after seeing the movie last night. So now, uh, now, good. You're, you're great because uh, you scored the Daily Double last night. You went to see the remake, Maverick, of Top Gun that came out in 1986. Were you birthed at that time, uh, Eric? Were you... <laughs> Were you alive at that time? I was birthed three years prior to that, 1983. So, okay. I, yeah, so I did see that when I was younger, but not three years old. Okay, so now compare the original Top Gun with what you saw last night. If Tom Cruise has any more plastic surgery, if they tighten it uh, any further, his face will snap like an old rubber band. So give us your critique. Well, I, I'm, I'm an 80s kid, so obviously I'm going to go with the, uh, the the original version from 1986. They were um, they played on the nostalgia too much on the on the new one. They just uh, they overdid it a little bit, in my opinion. So um, definitely the uh, the one from '86. That that's uh, that's the best one. Okay, but this one, Maverick. Do you believe it was Tom Cruise in that talk, uh, cockpit doing the stunts, or do you believe it was a crash dummy? <laughs> No, it, I think it was him. I think he was uh, in the rear cockpit, you know, because I think there's, you know, there's two two seats in those planes. So I think he was in the uh, in the rear, and um, that's how they were able to uh, get it. He was so he wasn't actually flying. You know, it was the real what? 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 He wasn't actually flying. I don't think so. No, I mean, I assume it was the regular pilot flying, and you know, he took a back seat and just did his uh, his stunts for the film. Wait, wait, say he said before before it hit the box office. Then he wanted to take his own. You know, he has his own plane that he flew at the very end. Uh, I'm sure you must have seen it, that 
P51 Mustang that has Kiss Me Kate on it or Kiss Me Ken, depending on uh, his his gender feelings that day. Uh, Did you see him in that P51? I did, and I think that I think that was probably him flying that. Uh, from what I understand, I mean those, those planes are, you know, obviously a little easier to fly than a, than a jet. But I think that was him flying that plane at the end, the P fifty one. Well, you know, you know, in order to hype this movie even more, he says he wants to volunteer his services for President Zelensky in the Ukraine, since he can't get the old Soviet fighters uh, from Poland. Uh, here it is, Tom Cruise is saying, "Hey, we got all these fighters that we're not going to be using because obviously." Who knows if we're going to go for the trilogy? But we got the F-14 Tomcat. We got the Lockheed Martin F-35 Lightning II. And we got one of the Russians' own Sukhoi S-57 felons. Did you happen to see all of those? All of them. Every single one of them. It was, it was a great movie. Like I said, I just like the 86 one a lot better. Now, be honest, Eric. Were you more excited by the, the jets that they were flying in Maverick, the knockoff of Top Gun? Or were you more excited about thinking about how excited your girlfriend might be and how you might benefit, uh, have a friend with benefit later on? She, uh, Jennifer Connelly, I think that's what her name was. So she was, uh, she was digging Jennifer Connelly. I'm actually right now. Wait a second. You were digging Jennifer Connelly? <laughs> she was, yeah. Wait, is she a little freaky deaky? You know, nowadays, look, hey, I'm not one to judge. Uh, you know, you know, it's theater of the mind. It's fantasy, sometimes not reality. Am I on to something here, Eric? She's a super freak. Yep, yep. Oh, let's see. And then she goes to the air show with you today. That's right. Oh, my <laughs> God. You, 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 you scored big time. Yeah, it's it's good. It's definitely good, Curtis. I got it good. All right, so thumbs up to the new knockoff of the uh, original uh, movie uh, starring uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Top Gun, which is called Maverick. And how about the air show itself? Oh, it was great. They had the uh, the F thirty five, the F twenty two. They kind of creep up out of nowhere, and you just hear them. You know, I mean, they just explode onto the uh, scene, so to speak, and uh, they extremely loud you know your whole uh chest is reverberating the ground is shaking it's uh it's quite the experience so it's, you know it's a lot better than watching it on the screen how many people were out there would you estimate oh i don't know man that the beach was totally packed you couldn't even you know barely any room to walk so it was uh it was really mobbed you know oh. it was filled up all right so while uh you guys naturally most of your eyeballs were going up in the sky to watch the planes because you hear the supersonic boom did you notice that there were any guys in the crowd? Because I noticed uh, all yesterday they were out there selling nutcrackers. Do you know what a nutcracker is? They, no. What is it? What's a nutcracker? You have no idea what a nutcracker is? You mean not, not the? Uh, I'm thinking of Cracker Jacks. No. What's a nutcracker? Well, no, no. Hold on, Shay. Now you said your girlfriend there. What's her name? Brooke. Uh, she's a, a freak, right? A super freak. Absolutely. Now, if she's a super freak, she will know what a nutcracker is. Could you ask her? Brooke, what's a nutcracker? Something you crack nuts with. <laughs> oh, no. Now, you may be drop-dead gorgeous, you may be a super freak, but you are not a Mensa candidate, that's for sure. Brooke, no, no insult to you, uh, Brooke, no insult to you. Uh, you got a great guy there, you go with him to the movies, then you go to the actual real air show, and I'm sure both of you are tried and true patriotic Americans. Absolutely, 100 percent. Good, good. So you want to keep listening here, uh, Eric and uh, Brooke, 
Because I'm going to end up telling you what a nutcracker is. They're being sold uh, through all the beaches. In fact, uh, that might entitle you to another booby prize out there. Why should I be the only one to tell you what a nutcracker is? Although there are guys, there are husbands out there who say, I, I got a nutcracker in my house. It's my old lady. That's not what I'm talking about. If you happen to know what a nutcracker is, hold on a second. Oh, orders from headquarters coming in here. No, no, I did not say, Nancy, that you are a nutcracker. Relax. I got to parse my language. I got to be extraordinarily careful. You'll hear my wife tonight, Nancy, the animal uh, welfare expert, uh, animal rescuer par excellence, 11 to 12. Whatever uh, questions that you have or information you need, uh, that'll slow her down. Again, uh, Kevin, uh, I did not call my wife Nancy a nutcracker. There have been wives who have been nutcrackers, but I need the definition of what a nutcracker is. They're being sold in the beaches of our tri-state area. Jersey Shore, they were there being sold to the Beamers, you idiots from Staten Island who were paying $12 for a nutcracker. They were being sold in Coney Island, Brighton Beach, Manhattan Beach yesterday. They were being sold in the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways, Orchard Beach. What is a nutcracker? You're buying things, you don't even know what's in it. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Now I have the time of my life No, I never felt like this before Yes, I swear Oh, we're going to revive this uh, in the two hours that I have here Because, believe it or not, people are not only fleeing New York City to Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina They're fleeing to the Jewish Himalayas, the Irish Alps, the Catskills, up Route 17. The population has been surging. We'll certainly discuss that later on. Because I I need to test myself, give myself an intellectual litmus test of the various old Borscht Belt hotels that used to be there. The counties up there, and more importantly, where the old trotter track was in Monticello. Oh, we're getting all of that. Don't go anywhere on this Memorial Day weekend at WABC. It's not best of programming because that's always worst of. It's live and local and the number one news talk station in the nation. Oh, that was a great movie, Dirty Dancing. Oh, it revives my memories. No, not up at the Catskills. I wasn't doing Simon Says in the morning and busing tables and then going to open mic at night there trying to compete with Pat Cooper or Shecky Green, or the rest of those Borscht Belt comedians. Don't get me started, because we can return to that before we reach the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, let's go to the phones, one 800 Let's go to Kathy calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kath. I might have missed it, uh, Curtis. Did somebody say what nutcrackers are? Well, there, 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 are two, there are two meanings uh, for it. Uh, well, I know I was at the beach. I, I was at the beach. I'm 66 years old, you know, New Yorker from back in the days. But I felt stupid because I was at the beach last year with my grown children, and the guy passed by, and he's saying he got nutcrackers. So I was like, what the hell is he selling nutcrackers on the beach for? 
And my daughter goes, Ma, you don't know what that is? And I said, no. And then she told me it was like he has alcohol. I said, who the hell was going to buy alcohol out of his shopping bag? I know back in the days that I'm laying on the beach with my family when I was a kid, and the man used to sell knishes out of a shopping bag. And I we used to eat them, but this guy selling alcohol out of a shopping bag. I said, hmm, I don't know about that one. Now, now, which beach, Kathy? Uh, which beach did you used to go to when you were a kid? Coney Island. Right, we used to get off the train right there on Surf Avenue with the little girl with the copper tone butt. Walk down the block, go to the beach. At the, at, in those days, there was like the shower room. After I remember taking showers in this in this place. But, Curtis, I just wanted to say something. Last night, I couldn't sleep because a lot of things are on my mind. A lot of things, a lot of tragedies and a lot of things are on my mind. I couldn't sleep. So I I, I listened to you last night, and you was talking to a Vietnam vet. And he was, you know, and I was reminiscing. I was remembering back in the days, Vietnam. And then I fell asleep, and I, I dreamed that me and you were, we were, we were fighting a war. Me and you was up against, and, and let me tell you, we did great. We did. Great. We were fighting the war. You were what, GI uh, Jill or GI <laughs> Jane? I was GI Jane, and I don't know. You had. We would Curtis. It was like me and you was against like craziness. craziness. Well, I, I tell you what. I tell you what. I'm going back to my time in Coney Island. They had the guy with the safari hat, the Eskimo pies. Remember they selling them uh, out of their little. Uh, their little uh, compartments. And so I'm dedicating uh, this song to you, Kathy, right now. So, you know, she's uh, a baby boomer not knowing what a nutcracker is. We'll still give people an opportunity to describe uh, what are the actual alcoholic products in a nutcracker uh, because there are two meanings. Nutcrackers uh, sometimes are referred to as being the wives of guys who are henpecked. I got a nutcracker at the house. And actually, the other has to do with the alcohol that is illegally served on the beaches that the police have not been allowed to prevent And I mean, you take a swig or two, and you will be on your tochis. But please, ladies and gentlemen, you cognoscente out there, probably you baby boomers and hipsters, Generation X, Y, Z, whatever you are, you probably know the ingredients in the illegally sold nutcrackers that the city of New York will do nothing about. They haven't before, and they won't do anything now about it. 1-800-848-9222. Ah, all the way from Naples, Florida, where no doubt he fled like so many other New Yorkers have done in previous years and more so this year than ever before. It's Steve. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Steve. Fled down here two years ago. Curtis, highly recommend it. We have the greatest governor that has ever lived. I would say to your listeners, we don't have nutcrackers sold on the beach here, but if you're going to buy a nutcracker in New York, First of all, you shouldn't, but by all means, don't buy the yellow one. And why are you giving a warning label on the yellow one? <laughs> you, may have, you may have some unwanted organic ingredient in there, Curtis. 
Well, let me give you the history because I first remember seeing nutcrackers being sold in the streets of Washington Heights many years ago. It's like a, a cocktail that's put together, a go-to cocktail in a little uh, plastic uh, bottle that you might get juices at at a grocery store or bodega. But let me tell you something. They totally gin it up. I mean, it was drug dealers who were first selling nutcrackers up there in the streets of Washington Heights. They've extended it to the beaches, so you might have, like, uh, Bacardi 151 with Southern Comfort. Can you imagine drinking Bacardi 151 and Southern Comfort together, Steve? Curtis, all I could say is I, I, the most popular drink sold at three-card Monty games on the street is the Nutcracker. That's right. Now, you see, you escaped the urban uh uh, place that you were living in. Where were you living, and why did you decide to go to Florida? Would 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 rather not say, but it was in Midtown Manhattan. Curtis, this governor is the greatest governor ever. Let's hope he runs for president. No, it's the Santa's land. It's Freedom Land. I was down there recently, and I almost didn't come back. And you know me; you cut my veins and arteries. I bleed the five boroughs of the city of New York. What a difference! Florida, freedom to say what you want, freedom to go where you want. You didn't have to put a depends uh, on your your face like uh, we still do up here in New York City. The place was alive. Do you know, Steve, that in the first three months, tourism, 30 million people flocked into Florida. That was 10 million in last year, 2021. 30 million people in three months and some of them, maybe visiting Florida for the first time, were saying, I like what I see. Let me see if I can afford a condo, a co-op, a rental, or buying a house, which is in limited edition. And people continue to flood into Florida, Steve, just like you. Uh, but we hope that people don't come here and vote the way that they do in New York, Curtis. <laughs> well, you know, you're barely red. It could be purple, especially with the migration of so many uh, Puerto Ricans uh, from the Commonwealth right into Orange County, Kissimmee, Orlando, Pine Hills, what I call Crime Hills. Uh, there's a fragile balance there, but definitely your governor is leading the way because he's promoting freedom in DeSantis land. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Love this disco classic song, A Gift from France. Like the gift they gave us of freedom when they aided and abetted us in our battle against the Brits so we didn't have to salute the Union Jack. When they gave us uh, that tremendous gift, oh, Statue of Liberty that's in our harbor. And uh, when they gave us this song during the era of disco, Patrick Juve, there wasn't a really classic American disco song that would bust your buttons in uh, bridges with patriotic pride that you could dance to that wasn't considered fuddy-duddy. But this song was not only patriotic, not only expressed love of America from a foreigner, a Frenchman, but was a great dance classic in which you could turn and turn and dip and groove and move as you could do the Patty Duke, you could do the Hustle, you could do the bump. 
It was so good and continues to be so good. Speaking of Nutcracker, breaking news here at WABC. As our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, likes to say, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. I think he had a Nutcracker. That's right, Nancy Pelosi's uh, husband, Paul, who uh, has made millions and millions and millions of dollars on all the business steered his way by his wife. Apparently, he was in the Napa Valley sampling uh, product, the 99-cent chemical wine of Ernest and Julio Gallo. We're not talking vintage wine. We're talking chemical wine, you know, yeah, in which you just screw top it off the uh, aluminum top. And he's been busted for DUI. Problem is, uh, because he probably is not going to be able to drive himself, will he end up getting uh, Diane Feinstein's uh, driver who accompanied her for so many years, who uh, turned out to be an agent of the Red Chinese, a Mao Zedong? Yes, that driver. For years, here was Diane Feinstein, the yenter that she was. I mean, uh, hand clucking away in the back seat of that car. And meantime, her Jeeves, uh, her uh, her driver of the limo, was a red Chinese agent. So maybe now that uh, he's available, maybe he can drive Nancy Pelosi's husband around, who uh, probably will not be able to drive uh, for a few months, but you never know. Because Nancy Pelosi, uh, the queen of mean, will pull a few strings there. But the uh, headline says it all. Nancy Pelosi, Paul, 82, arrested for DUI. He was not drinking nutcrackers. I would suggest, like a lot of people of wealth, he was probably drinking that vintage wine from the Napa Valley where he was caught, but rather that chemical Ernest and Julio G. wine that comes in that uh, bottle for 99 cents. You know, the refrigerated section of the liquor store. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate Pelosi with a passion. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Diane, who's calling from Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Diane. Okay. And I knew what a uh, nutcracker was when I go to Coney Island. Oh. So anyway, but I never drank. I, I don't drink. Uh, I'm into alcohol. So now the thing is... Um, L. Ron Hubbard wrote Dianetics, and he's the one that invented Scientology. He's a he was a fiction writer, and uh, <laughs> he was sent to jail once for kicking his wife in the belly when she was pregnant to clear the child. You know, I mean, this guy. <laughs> well, remember. According to L. Ron Hubbard and Sea Orgs, those are people who follow Scientology, that he's still alive somewhere out on an ocean liner off Catalina. He's looking uh, for Natalie Wood. They still will not co-bus either Robert Wagner, her husband, or the crazy man from Astoria, Christopher Walken, who were uh, on that uh, who were on that yacht. I mean, well, what is it, like 40 years ago when Natalie uh, Wood went down to Davy Jones' locker? They just cleared Robert Wagner, who's like 92. They said, well, he's not no longer a person of interest. He's freaking 92 years old. But the investigation is still open. But this has nothing to do with Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard. Supposedly, according to Scientologists, who pay a lot of money to be a Scientologist, uh, then L. Ron Hubbard, the spirit of L. Ron Hubbard, is on that ocean liner off of Catalina with a crew of seahawks, 
By the way, I digress. I tell you a little story. It's back at the start of the Guardian Angels. February 13th, 1979, it started and immediately was being maligned, uh, called uh, a vigilante, called Hell's Angels, Charlie's Angels. Warriors, come out and play, because it came out simultaneously to the cult movie classic, The Warriors. And then all of a sudden, I was featured in a piece in Time magazine called The American Scene that everybody would read. This is before you had the Internet. This is before things went viral. And I got a uh, got a check, certified check, for $10,000 to the Guardian Angels because we desperately needed it. I was being evicted from uh, the apartment I had on West Fordham and University because I was using that as the headquarters. Uh, Guardian Angels were coming in morning, noon, and night, and they were right to evict me because we were dis... Although I don't know which was more disruptive, us coming in and out or the gunshots uh, from the thugs in the neighborhood. Anyway... The point was, it was a $10,000 check. And it was signed by L. Ron Hubbard. So I put that check right up on the uh, bureau of my dresser, and I stared at it for like a week. Had no money. Was getting locked up by the police on the orders of Ed Koch, who was a foe of mine then, later to become a friend. And then I called up my mother, Francesca, and I said, Mom... I got this $10,000 certified check from L. Ron Hubbard of Scientology, and I'm sending it back. I can't. I can't take this check. It's tainted. People are going to think I'm a tool of Scientology. So a month later, I get a phone call. It's L. Ron Hubbard. It's a Curtis. I've been following the exploits of the Guardian Angels. I read that piece in the American scene of Time magazine. I was very impressed. I wanted to be able to help the effort. I don't understand. Why did you send back this certified check for $10,000? I said, L. Ron, come on. If I were to accept a nickel, dime, or penny from you or any member of Scientology, uh, it would create the impression that I was a tool of Scientology. And the next thing I know, I was introduced to Mr. Click. Click. Never heard from L. Ron Hubbard again. He didn't even try to sell me Dianetics. Didn't say, hey, you want a personality test? We have somebody at our Scientology Center there in uh, Broadway, in the Broadway Times Square area, who could give you a personality test free of charge. We're not going to co- charge you thousands of dollars like we do our followers. I'll never forget $10,000. Wow, we desperately needed that. Anyway, let's go back uh, to the phones. It's Maxine in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Maxine. Hi, Curtis. So that is some drink, that firecracker, though I've never had it. But it's strong alcohol with a sugary fruit juice inside. I remember uh, people selling them out of the backs of their trunks, you know. And so that's some very, very strong drink. Um, I also wanted to mention, as you know, and as I wanted to mention that storytelling time. I took my puppy to one in the local library near my house. But uh, the library, after about 10 minutes, told me to leave because I didn't have a child with me. Um, now, no, wait a second. Is this, uh, is this bedtime with the, uh, uh, with the cross-dresser, the transvestite? What is that uh, book reading session that you were turned away yeah, from? Drag, uh, drag, uh, person in drag 
instead of a guy in drag, it was a woman in drag at the library talking, reading story time. Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revive that, Maxine. This is going to blow people's minds here on the Memorial Day weekend. That at Ramstein, our largest Air Force base in Germany, parents were told, these are servicemen, servicewomen, that their children would have a 30-minute story time session with a drag queen at the elementary school on the base. You don't want to go anywhere. I'm going to explain what transpired. And I'm also going to tell you what flavor the Nutcracker first was when it hit the streets of Washington Heights and Inwood. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Bad money. He's a bad, bad boy. As uh, former President Donald Trump would have said, uh, yeah, he's a bad hombre. He's him and that wannabe black guy, Drake, uh, from Toronto, Canada. He's a booker boy reading Talmud and Torah and claiming, yo, yo, I'm a brother. No, you're not. Don't front me. You're not a brother. Uh, I was up there in Gene Finch Carter in Toronto. I know what the brothers in T.O. are like, and you are not. A brother, Drake. Uh, but uh, Bad Bunny is a bad, bad hombre. And it reminds me of when I first uh, saw knockouts, excuse me, nutcrackers. Knockouts were what I had to do with the guys up there. The ball busters, that's what they were called, the gang up there. Dominicans and Trinitarios. But they would sell for $10 a nutcracker. And it came in a little plastic jug with Kool-Aid. And so they would say, oh, it's hot. You want some Kool-Aid? Yeah, $10. What? $10 for Kool-Aid? Are you kidding? What do you have, a 50-pound bag of Domino sugar in there with the Kool-Aid? And they say, no, you got to taste this. I said, no, no problem. Hey, you, come over here. I'll pay for it. You test it. You know, it's like Putin has his test takers because uh, he's, he's always crazed and psychotic, thinking people are trying to poison him. I wonder why. And the guy drank it, and he fell right to the floor. So I asked him, what the hell is in there? He said, Bacardi 151 and Southern Comfort. I am glad I did not taste that. Well, that's how the origin of the Nutcrackers came about. They're all over the city of New York. They're being sold openly in front of the police. But I have a, a feeling that our, our mayor, the swag, the swag man, who has no plan, has no idea what a nutcracker is. And so there won't be a crackdown on them. But there should be. It's dangerous. It's extraordinarily dangerous. Anyway, let's flip the script and go back to the phones. It's Mark, who's calling from Parsippany, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mark. Hey, uh, Curtis. Hey, I just want to make a suggestion. Um, you think you, you can go into Rita Cosby's uh, slot after uh, Bill O'Reilly? And uh, can you send me a hat, one of your hats? Hey, my love, not my. I'm already doing all these hours here on WABC. You want me to mooch on Rita Cosby's uh, two hours a night, 10 to 12, Monday through Fridays, after Bill O'Reilly from 9 to 10? 
Yeah, because I, I uh, as soon as she comes on, I shut the the, the radio right off. Well, I, well, uh, let me tell you, you, you really got to be listening. And by the way, I'm supposed to throw you uh, a WABC hat, you know, uh, promoting the Curtis Lewis show. Uh, I'm going to give you some trivia. If you get the trivia, even though you dissed and dismissed my colleague here, Rita Cosby, I will personally have uh, one of our crack engineers here who are hanging out at Pada Bing uh, in the uh, shadow of our 50,000 powerful watts of sound in Lodi, our tower there, uh, as they're getting lap dances and brumskis who have to break away and deliver this. Uh, who was the famous singer? who would get on a New Jersey transit bus each late afternoon and go all the way out to Parsippany and do it seven days a week, and she did it for two years before she became a major star. God, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that. Wait, wait a second. Are you, are you from Parsippany? Yes, I am. Okay, there are not that many things that people would remember about Parsippany. This was a memorable moment. Uh, let me help you. Give me another tip. She did not have okay. blonde hair at the time. She had not discovered uh, peroxide. She was not a peroxide queen. She had dark black hair, and she would get on that New Jersey transit bus seven days a week and go into this guy's basement that had a studio, that had a recording facility, and she became a superstar after two years of doing that. Now, how much, how many more uh, pointers and tips can I give you, Mark? Um, I'll, I'll guess. I'm thinking it's Joan Jett. Well, no, 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 yeah, close. Joan Jett. She broke my heart. Joan Jett. Now the Black Hearts. I love Joan Jett. Oh my God! But I didn't know she. She didn't like guys like me. You know she. Went the other way, so number two. And then she was a Baltimore Orioles fan, so I said, no way. I mean, that's low budget, Baltimore Orioles. They ought to be in the minor leagues. No, no, but you're close. I'm going to give you one more try, Mark. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Deborah Harry? Oh, God, you're really, you're really reaching for straws. What, Blondie? All right. Hawthorne, New Jersey, so I thought maybe, you know, that would be what, what you know. You're point. also geographically challenged. You, you know, you need to redirect your GPS. As I said when we started off the show, if you really want to believe the fake, phony, fraudulent hype, the Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts in this makeover of Top Gun in Maverick. You know, like uh, you really believe he's flying the plane and tossing and turning like uh, five trillion feet above uh, ground? No. Absolutely not. And I said, just like so many of you were shocked, you'd be watching at night because you went to karaoke, James Corden, in his carpool karaoke, and you said, wow, the guy can sing with Bruno Mars, Taylor Swift, Gwen Stefani, while he was driving. Psych! He wasn't driving. The tow truck was taking him all over. And you bought that. You bought that propaganda. And then all of you were crestfallen. Said, James, how could you do it? He's a Brit. He's a Brit. That's why he could do it. But the other one who was in that car, Thunder Thighs, who for two years would go out to Parsippany, imagine, two years, seven days a week on New Jersey Transit, guys uh, with brew cream in their hair, with bad breath, you know, because they smoke stale cigarettes right next to you. You couldn't escape from them for two years, seven days a week. 
she would go into that studio and cut demo tapes and demo tapes. And then she discovered peroxide and took a peroxide bath. And her hair was suddenly flaming blonde. She still had the thunder thighs. Now you know, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, that was Lady Gaga, who was also with James Corden in carpool karaoke and gave us the impression that James was actually pimping behind the wheel, driving with one finger. Please, you can't believe Hollyweird. You're going to believe a Scientologist, Tom Cruise? You're going to believe James Corden, a Brit? You're going to believe Lady Gaga, 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 Anyway, we will continue to the 5 o'clock uh, hour. Then it's Vinny Madugno who's coming in. He is the star who is skyrocketing here at WABC. You've heard him 5 to 6 before his mentor, Cousin Brucie, on Saturdays. Teacher at Richmond High School in the shadow of the Bayonne Bridge. But, boy, this guy is talented. He'll be back so nice. Uh, management and ownership wants him to do it twice. Sunday's 5 to 6. Before Jersey Joe, I think he's a Beamer today. He's over in Belmar. I don't know. Maybe he's at uh, DJ's. No, that's not his style. His style is Sinatra for two hours. Courtesy of Ramsey Mazda. Oh, there's so much to do. But keep it live and local here on WABC. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. You can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Can't believe this. Somewhere in New York State last night, a man who culturally appropriated my name, Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent, culturally appropriated my name. I want my name back. Apparently was the featured headliner for my Kumbarichichi's Rudy Giuliani's 78th birthday. Hey, I was not invited. Because I would have knocked that guy, Curtis Jackson, out, a.k.a. 50 Cent. You know, he's always said, hey, Curtis, I got shot nine times. You only got shot five times, huh? You want to compare bullet wounds? This is his idea of being macho. But uh, please play that music because I want to give a tribute to my Cheech, Rudy Giuliani, who made it to 78 years old. And not only was he partying and raising the roof last night, as 50 Cent was celebrating Rudy's birthday, believe it or not, this should be page six. There's no doubt about it. Can anybody believe that 50 Cent would be celebrating the birthday of Rudy Giuliani? Who, if he had been slinging crack when Rudy was mayor, he'd be doing triple life without parole now in Attica. That's right, three strikes and you're out, 50 Cent. But anyway, the point of the matter is, is that Rudy was here. At 10 o'clock this morning, doing his live broadcast on the Memorial Day weekend. How many other stations do you have a live and local broadcast? Almost none. What do you think, WOR, Women's Only Radio, they were doing a live broadcast? It was all infomercials, all infomercials. And you, some of you are like, oh, I can't move my hand to change it on my terrestrial radio. What, are you crazy? You're listening to infomercials on these other stations morning, noon, and night on the weekends when you have live and local programming like you're listening to right now, like you were listening to Rudy this morning at 10? I don't know if he was half in the bag if he had recovered from celebrating his 78th birthday last night, smoking those Cohibas, I mean, uh, 
those uh, Montenegros or whatever those Dominican cigars. I, I didn't suggest that Rudy was smoking those Cohibas from Cuba. That's illegal, right? And Rudy would not be doing anything illegal. But speaking of Rudy Giuliani, so many people have maligned him. So many people have dissed him and dismissed him. But it's a tribute to our owners and operators, John Katsimatidis and Marco Katsimatidis, owners uh, of Red Apple, our parent company, that when the FBI was raiding his apartment and taking all of his technology out because he was supporting former President Donald Trump, notice nothing has become of that. People say, oh, he's going to be indicted. Rudy's gone. They'll have him on Devil's Island. You'll never see him surfing. Whatever happened to that? They took all of his phones. They took his hard drives, his computers. They took his toilet paper. <laughs> they, Rudy didn't even have toilet paper to wipe his tukis with. It's over. And people said to me, Curtis, you don't want him on the campaign with you running for mayor. The guy's going to be going to J-A-I-L. You know, they'll send him to Atlanta, penitentiary, bad penitentiary. They'll, in fact, they'll open up Alcatraz just to put Rudy out there in the middle of San Francisco so all the liberals and progressives could scream at him from Oakland and the East Bay and actually San Francisco, which is right opposite. Well, none of that has happened. And, in fact, if uh, you don't know Rudy like I know Rudy, this is a guy with courage. Courage. Remember, he took out, by the way, I need my music here. I don't know what it is. You, you truncate me. It's like you give me a bris here. You're used to all these other talk shows. They can't talk at the same time and have music as an underbed because some of them can't chew gum and think at the same time unless they're reading cue cards. Yeah, I'll get you 50 cent if it's the last thing I, I do. I know Ja Rule and his crew, they pumped you full of lead. I know what's going on in southeast Jamaica outside of the Rochdale housing complex and the 40s projects. Wait, I digress. Let me get back on track. You know how rough and tough Rudy is? He took on, you, you can keep, keep it up. Don't worry. It won't. It won't suddenly blow off the dial. WABC, the number one news talk station in the nation. Rudy took on the Mafia Commission. He took out all five heads of organized crime. They had put an eighty thousand, eight hundred thousand dollar bounty on his head. That came from the Cheeches and Zips in Sicily, who had just blown to smithereens. The investigator in Italy of their nefarious deeds, Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino, and Rudy said, oh, you want my head? Come get me. But I'm taking out your five family heads. Fat Tony Salerno, who is the head of the Genovese crime family, in lieu of, uh, you know, Vinny the Chin Gigante. Then it was Carmine the Snake Persico, head of the Colombo crime family, who imported uh, hitmen from Sicily and exported dead bodies. He took them all out. Nobody in the history of the Department of Justice in the United States had more notches on his belt as U.S. attorney. And it wasn't just uh, the Jadrules, the knuckle-draggers of Italian organized crime. It was also the white-collar criminals who had never been busted before. It was uh, Ivan Bosky. Remember Ivan Bosky? Michael Milken, those thieves who stole millions with junk bonds. And then Rudy told them, you're going on a perp walk. What? A perp walk? Oh, we can't be seen on TV handcuffed. You're going on a perp walk. 
just like the rest of the mutts and skells, you're going on the daisy chain line, and you're going to be processed right at <laughs> the tombs. Hey, that's rough and tough, Rudy. So I know many of you, you're like, Mente, Mente, Poco, Poco on Rudy Giuliani. I was proud to have him side by side with me, supporting me for mayor. I did not discard him uh, like a snake discards their skin. So many of you who are fair-weather friends who thought that Rudy was going, going, gone when the FBI, forever-busting Italians, took all of his technology and phones out of his apartment, his hard drive. And what has become of that? Nothing. Bupkis. Ugats. That's loyalty. I was loyal to him in 88, campaigning for Rudy to try to... uh, Beat uh, David Dinkins at that time. Dinkins won barely. In fact, Dinkins only won by 47,000 votes in 88. Only to come back four years later. And Rudy said to me, Jackie Mason is the guy who warms up my crowd. But he has said a very derogatory thing about David Dinkins. Many derogatory things in Yiddish. I'm going to have to put uh, Jackie Mason on the sidelines, put him on the shelf. I need you, Curtis, to warm up the crowds. I said, certainly. And we went on to victory, and Rudy saved the city and gave the city a badly needed colonic in 1993 when he was sworn in. Remember with Andrew Giuliani, who was like crawling all over him and taking the oath with him? He won by only 53,000 votes, and now all three of us are back again, like the three horsemen, working to get Andrew Giuliani elected the next governor of the state of New York. He's got a first winner Republican primary, very heated against Congressman Lee Zeldin, Bob Astorino, and Harry Wilson. But the latest Zogby poll indicates that Andrew is at 28, Zeldin is at 23, Rob Astorino at 14, and Harry Wilson at 10. This is a close race. The rest of them have resource. The rest of them have money. The rest of them are on TV. Andrew Giuliani has his name. It's a law and order campaign. He's got Rudy and that's right, he's got the other law and order guy, Curtis Lewis. So, remember, the uh, primary is November 28th for registered Republicans, and we'll see you out there. In fact, I have a feeling, a little birdie told me that Rudy is coming back to the island that made him mayor, Staten Island, tomorrow for their annual Memorial Day Parade on Forest Avenue. Yep, he'll be there in his glory. Uh, paying tribute uh, to uh, all of our war dead, because that's what the Memorial Day activities are. You don't go around saying, Happy Memorial Day. What a bunch of schlubs, pishers, schmendricks, gavones out there. You would think after all these years, you realize it's a solemn occasion. You know, it's not like uh, our nation's uh, birthday, our Day of Independence, July 4th. So many of you don't even know when Flag Day is. They do on Staten Island because they have patriotic pride out there on June 14th. But the rest of you out there, Flag Day, what flag? The Dominican flag? What, 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 the Italian flag? What what flag are you talking? Hey, the American flag. But can you imagine if Rudy Giuliani hypothetically was mayor of the city of New York now? In the aftermath of these shootings in Buffalo and now in Texas, the president and uh, Madam First Lady down paying their respects uh, to those who died in Texas, their family and friends as we speak. But the swagger man who has no plan, Eric Adams, is all over the map. He said he wants to seek more bag checks, more patrols near New York City schools with the NYPD in wake of the Texas massacre. 
it was explained to him that, you know, us school security agents who are supervised by the NYPD, there are not enough of them, and they have a really tough job, that they are not armed. And uh, so now they're toying with the idea of locking the front doors of our elementary schools, our junior high schools and high schools in the public school system. And I say to myself, you know, years ago there was a guy infamous to some famous to others and popular to me and to so many others, Joe Clark. Remember they made the movie, Lean on Me, about Patterson Eastside High School, tough, troubled high school. Joe Clark came in with his baseball bat and his bullhorn, and the first thing he did was chained all the doors, not only the main door, the entry door, and the exit door, but the side doors because a lot of the drug dealers, the gangbangers, and troublemakers were coming in and out of the school, and he had lost control of it. And he got fired from the job because the fire marshal said, you can't lock the doors. Well, now, what are you going to do now? Have you ever been to any of these massive high school, junior high school campuses in New York City with all the exits and entrances? And you certainly want to keep the children and the staff and the administrators and the maintenance people and the custodians safe and secure in case there is a madman out there who's going to be a copycat. you got to have control of that front door. But remember, our uh, uh, safety security officers who are under the supervision of the NYPD, they wear what look like uh, NYPD uniforms. They have no weapons. Uh, they would have to stop them uh, by themselves physically. So you, Eric Eric Adams, swagger man who has no plan, you better stop going to uh, Club Zero Bond at night, raising the roof where you can be wine-dined in pocket line because whatever happens in uh, Club Zero Bond stays in uh, Club Zero Bond. It's a private club, and that's uh, why people go to private clubs. It's time to get serious about what's going on in our schools. There's already high violent crime. There's already so many weapons that are being brought in by the children and the young adults themselves and the thugs and thugettes. But now that we have to think about a copycat who might try to do the same thing in any of our high schools and junior high schools and public schools, and this applies uh, throughout the tri-state area, you're going to lock the front door? Because if you don't control the front door, you lose control of the school. Our number is one 800 That's one 800 wabc Let's go to William, who's calling from Linden, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, William. Hi, Curtis. Long-time fan, man. I've known you guys for hundreds of years, way back uh, in the early days of New York. Hey, hey Curtis, look, I'm I'm, uh, I'm Puerto Rican and French ancestry. Um, you know, I was born in New York. I'm moving to Florida soon because of what you just described a little while ago. But, uh, you know, I would like, you know, as we say Italian-Americans, I would like for you to say, when you mention Puerto Rican, say Puerto Rican Americans, because they are Americans, and they are first-class Americans. And also, they don't immigrate. They migrate from one, just like just like I'm going to Florida, I'm migrating from Florida, from New Jersey to Florida. Is that is, is that a good deal, uh, Curtis? Yeah, well, uh, let me, let me um, uh, embellish what you just said, William, because probably... What has hurt me the most in growing up in New York City, uh, the lack of history being taught in our schools, the lack of civics, and the lack of people knowing, William, that Puerto, Puerto Ricans are Americans by birth. 
So when they see Puerto Ricans, they think of them as if they're from Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, the DR, Dominican Republic. Most uh, of our fellow residents, William, have no idea that, in fact, Puerto Ricans are as American as anybody else who's been birthed here in America. You know, they have no idea, William. Sorry. Now, hold off, hold off. You seem to be distracted there, William. Uh, I'll go on my riff. You know, when I went to Puerto Rico to start the Guardian Angels there, because, oh, man, you talk about crime. It's got four times the violent crime rate of New York. In fact, at night, you have the okay to blow through red lights if you're in a car because of all the carjacking. So uh, once dusk hits, the carjackers are out. They're like locusts going through the uh, cornfields. They're armed. Many of the police there are corrupt. Uh, They don't have the skill levels that they have here stateside. But they are loyal Americans. When you first arrive in San Juan, you look up on a hill. There's a military cemetery there. Thousands of Puerto Ricans who volunteered to fight in uh, many wars bravely and proudly, per capita, per person. Uh, more so than many other ethnic groups. And upon their death, they went to their home island of Puerto Rico, which is now a commonwealth. Many people want statehood. I support that. There are those few who still want independent status. They're never going to get that. But nobody can besmirch the service and the heroism of Puerto Ricans in all of our wars, uh, our many war dead. And most importantly, when you see the Puerto Rican uh, Day Parade, which has been revived after being on the shelf for two years since the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020, and you see those flags, those are not Cuban flags. A lot of people say, oh, that's just like uh, Castro's flag. No, it's the Puerto Rican flag. They no longer have the coqui on it, the the frog. But uh, they're as American as anyone else. They have served in our military honorably. They serve in our many first responders, cops, you name it. Wherever there's law enforcement, you're going to find Puerto Ricans in their ranks. Never besmirch them. Never deny what they are. And they are rock-ribbed all Americans, just like all of you who were born in this great country of America. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Relax, relax. This is not La Mega. They haven't flooded across the border yet. Title 42 is still up. I know a lot of you are listening to this. Oh, my God. It's an invasion. What is Curtis doing? Relax, relax. It's still English first and foremost, but when it comes to Puerto, Puerto Ricanos and your fear that they're flooding into Florida and going to somehow change uh, what is barely a red state into a purple state and maybe a blue state, I know Puerto Ricans. Uh, they are predominantly uh, Democrat, no doubt about it, but it's like Jews. They're predominantly Democrat. But, you know, sometimes when you get hit on the left, you get hit on the right, you get hit below the belt, and then you get knocked out by somebody hitting you in the head with a two-by-four. You're no longer woke. You wake up. 
and you become independent and autonomous and you pick the best man or best woman for the job, regardless of party affiliation. But let's go back to the phones to Paul in Stratford, Connecticut. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Paulie. Hey, Curtis. You remember we were talking about mental health the other day? Oh, sure. I talk about mental health a lot. In fact, uh, our own Dominic Carter, who you can hear tonight from 12 to 1, wrote an entire book about it because his uh, personal story is that his mother and family members were plagued with mental health issues. He's probably the best expert on the subject. And if I had, okay. been, if I had been elected mayor of the city of New York, I would have put him in charge of mental health here, which is completely out of control. Listen, listen. I went to Yale New Haven Hospital this week. I had a fever, 102. They put me in a bed. They hog-tied me and left me there in my urine and my feces for five days hog-tied. Why, uh, why, why were you going to the hospital? I had a fever of 102. Okay. Did you have anybody accompany you? No. All right. Uh, I the think point I... is, listen, I went in. They woke me up at 2 in the morning, and I pushed one of the nurses, and they hog-tied me. Well, well now hold on a second, Paul. Hold on a second. You pushed one of the nurses. That happened to my father, Chester. He was at Maimonides, a merchant seaman, 54 years, nobody rougher or tougher than my father, Chester. Uh, he was recovering. He had all kinds of issues involving uh, uh, circulation in his legs. And uh, I told I told the administrators there, Maimonides, please don't have the male Russian nurses come and check on him at night. He, he'll have flashbacks. He'll think they're invading. You know, he'll think this is like Red Storm or something. Uh, <laughs> and what happened one night, they came to check on him. They were talking their Russian. He got up. He objected. He knocked both of them out. You know, the next place he was in, the psych ward in Maimonides. In the back of Maimonides, like a lot of hospitals, they have a psych ward. There's razor wire. Once you get put in a psych ward, this is not just for our caller there from Stratford, but for anybody else, you are a ward of the state. You know, it's not like visiting your dad or your mom in a regular medical hospital. You're in a psych ward. Guess what? You're not going to have access to them. So I did get access. I sat with my dad. He said, you're not my son. Get me out of this nut house. I said, Dad, you can't call this a nut house. You'll be here in perpetuity. You'll go down to Davy Jones's locker in a straitjacket. So this is what you do. You regale them in stories when they come around, the staff... The clients, you know, they're roaming about. They've been shot with Thoracene. Uh, it was uh, not frightening for my dad, but it could be frightening for anyone who was a patient there. I said, just be Chester. Be so nice you would give a diabetic insulin shock. He was that way for a, mo- for a week. The administrator called me up, said, hey, we're releasing your dad back to the medical facility. He's no longer a ward of the state. You start hitting or slugging nurses or acting up. Look, they did it to Chester Sliwa. They'll do it to anybody. You become a ward of the state. Whether you're locked up on Rikers Island on a criminal charge, a state institution, Creedmoor, uh, Kirby Psychiatric on Randall's Island, you are a ward of the state. You no longer 
have the right to leave when you want to leave. You no longer have the right to have family visits. You no longer have the right to walk in and out as you would in a medical facility. I think I straightened out that guy on that. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's Liz who's calling from Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Liz. You know, Curtis, I would not go to Florida. I lived there, and I fled from Florida. There was more crime than I ever, ever thought of here. So uh, I wish everybody luck. Which part of uh, Florida were you residing in at the time? Palm Beach. Wow. And what what kind of crime was uh, affecting your area? Well, I was chased by a car of uh, friendly Puerto Ricans. Uh, We were almost robbed one night. We had a people on a boat out about um, past in the deep end. You could see them doing a drug, major drug deal. And my husband made me turn off all the lights in our condo because they came ashore. So I, I couldn't wait to get home. No, understood. Look, uh, Palm Beach County, you have good areas. Then you have like Riviera Beach, Avenue S. Uh, the link over to Singer Island, over Old Dixie Highway. Boy, that's as rough and tough an area as you can get, Riviera Beach. A lot of the areas have been uh, improved in West Palm Beach, near 3rd and Rosemary, 10th and Tamarind, 18th and Springfield. Uh, the one-square-mile area there, Lake Worth, that used to have problems. But you're right. You're right. There are a lot of dicey areas in Florida like there are up here. But I think overall... The quality of life, uh, Liz, is better. You have more freedom. And people are flocking down there in record numbers. Well, you know what? It's going to be wrecked now. Mm. Is that because people are coming down from the north? Yeah, they're, they're going to wreck it. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what Floridians are afraid of. When I talk to my friends in Florida and the guardian angels I have in Florida, they said, we got enough of you Yankees. Enough. No, really, Curtis. Uh, with you here... I like New York. I still do. I'm sorry. Well, look when I when I uh, when I campaigned against Eric Adams, I lost fair and square. Uh, whoever got my business card, because everybody gets a business card from me, it says "Improve, don't move." So even though I liked my recent visit to Florida, I was really favorably impressed. Obviously, I was not staying in Riviera Beach. I wasn't staying in Sistrunk in Broward County. I wasn't staying in Liberty City uh, in Miami. There's some really tough areas. But I got to say the vibe was really good. You just had the freedom to move about, the freedom to say what was on your mind. People just felt like they, they, they just felt like there wasn't as much stress and tension as... Uh, Unfortunately, there are in parts up here in New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania, Connecticut. In fact, not far from uh, Disney World, which is in uh, lockdown now by DeSantis. They're no longer independent and autonomous like the Pope in the Vatican uh, is with Italy. There's a place called Pine Hills in Orange County, not far from Kissimmee where a lot of the Puerto Ricans have migrated to, right next to Disney uh, Disney World. And uh, they renamed uh, Pine Hills Crime Hills. And so I was patrolling in there with Guardian Angels. It's low-rise, uh, subsidized housing, Section 8 housing, not public housing. And uh, I'll never forget it. There were the thugs shooting at us with tracer bullets from the top floors, and there were the good residents on the other side of the housing development shooting at the thugs with tracer bullets to give us cover so we wouldn't get shot. 
everybody in Florida has a gun. <laughs> Good people, bad people. Tonight when I return at 9 o'clock, go from 9 to 12 before Dominic Carter, I'm going to explain the difference the gun culture of Florida versus the gun cultures that exist in so many other states in America, including Texas and Arizona, versus our lifestyle here in the Northeast. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Castle that you could take uh, to the dance floor and learn something about war that America has been engaged in. Average age of a serviceman in Vietnam, 19. Average age of a serviceman in World War II, 26. World War II, men coming home treated like heroes. Vietnam War treated as if they were enemies of America for the most part. Shamefully, they were called baby killers. They immediately took their uniforms off. The Vietnam veterans rarely discussed what had transpired over there because it became obvious to everybody, not just those that were opposed to the war, but even those that supported our effort in Vietnam to keep them from becoming completely communist, that we were lured into that war with false propaganda information. The Gulf of Tonkin resolution announced by LBJ on national TV got us deeper into a war that we should never have been in to begin with. And it was lie after lie after lie. And over uh, 55,000 Americans killed, so many others wounded, so many others who have returned emotionally ravaged to this day. And it is the generation now that has to preserve our Memorial Day traditions because uh, World War II generation has died out. Increasingly, there are less survivors of the Korean War generation. They themselves were scorned when they returned to America. They were not treated like the veterans of World War II. In fact, it was a war that few, if any, people knew much about because there was a limited amount of information. It wasn't even called a war. It's called a police action. Likewise, the Vietnam War, even though everybody recognized it was a war. And then it brings us to the here and now with Iraq. We went to war because of weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist. We were lied to. Colin Powell lied to us. George Tenet lied to us on the floor of the General Assembly. Bush 43, Cheney lied to us. So many died. And now when you go to these uh, commemorations and these wreath layings and these tributes and those uh, parades that still exist, uh, there is a dearth of Vietnam War veterans because they feel like they've been scorned. And there are a few, if any, of the veterans uh, of the Iraqi war or the war in Afghanistan that we have just retreated from because uh, of uh, the decision of President Joe Biden to retreat. 
And occasionally you get uh, veterans from the Persian Gulf campaign of Bush 41 when we went to war against Saddam Hussein. Uh, They seem to have uh, quite a bit of pride. But I really feel that our tradition surrounding the Memorial Day weekend, the wreath layings, the commemorations, the parades, will probably not continue because there are less and less men and women of uh, this generation, uh, those remaining who are baby boomers, those who are younger, who are going to keep those traditions alive. And I think it's uh, up to all of you. You have to do that, especially in our schools where there's almost a dearth of information. Rarely do they have assembly programs. They don't bring in uh, survivors of the American uh, Legion and their auxiliaries. They don't bring in the veterans of foreign war and their auxiliaries, Jewish war veterans and their auxiliaries. I remember as a kid, we used to have those assemblies on Friday in PS 114, Bildersee Junior High School in Canarsie, and they would offer you a $100 U.S. savings bond to the person who wrote the composition that would be picked out by the vets as being best, what it means to be an American. I wonder if they even do that any longer. I know that oftentimes veterans are not even invited back to the schools which they themselves went. You would think they'd be invited into a classroom and they could tell the children, you know, I sat uh, Mrs. McGillicuddy's class right there in that fourth chair there in my fifth grade class. That was long before uh, I was drafted uh, and I had to go uh, and fight uh, for America or I had volunteered to serve uh, in the United States Armed Forces. It almost rarely happens. Let's go to the phones. It's Leah calling from South Orange. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Leah. Hi there. It's really an honor speaking. I have two things I'd like to run past you, if I may. Of course. Okay. First of all, uh, I missed Eric Adams at the Israel Day Parade. Was she there? Yes, yes. Uh, he, uh, you see, politicians, they have a tendency to rush through with other politicians. Yeah. So he had his baseball cap on. He blew right past me and Rudy Giuliani and Andrew Giuliani because we took the time to actually stop, talk to people, shake their hand. A lot of the other politicians, they're there, but it's almost like a tsunami. They move through. They're all in a pack a rat pack. You mm-hmm. don't even know who's who. They don't go. They don't go over and shake the hands of the police officers who are on the sidelines, especially in the Israeli Day Parade, to make sure there are no acts of terrorism. To his credit, you should know that Rudy. Remember, he's just turned seventy-eight. So we're in the yeah. uh, support the Israel Day Parade. Rudy has a bum knee, so he's hobbling around, mm-hmm. and every cop. He would go up to every cop on both sides of Fifth Avenue who were along the police barricades and shake their hands. And mm-hmm. I know Eric Adams uh, doesn't do that. Obviously, uh, Bill de Blasio didn't do that. Michael Bloomberg didn't do that. But ever since I've known Rudy, since he was mayor in 1993, he always stops and goes up and yeah, talks well, to the cops and shakes hands. All right. Second of all, um, I know that uh, Rob Estorino used to be a pet of Mark Levin's, and now he doesn't even mention him. Well, Rob Estorino has a uh, long history. He was the uh, county executive in Westchester. Uh, he ran against uh, Andrew Evilize Cuomo, uh, did relatively well, got about 42% of the vote. That was good uh, years ago. Uh, he's done good work in tracking these uh, air flights uh, of the illegal aliens into Westchester County Airport that are not being reported to us, the citizens. 
but he's in a heated race now, and so it'll be interesting to see. I, I obviously, and Rudy, were supporting Andrew Giuliani, but Rob Astorino's a good candidate. There's Congressman Lee Zeldin. He served America uh, in Iraq. And then there's uh, Harry Wilson, who 10 years ago uh, almost beat Tom DiNapoli for controller. So the debates are coming up, Leah, and everyone is going to have an opportunity to size them up against one another. And let the people, the registered uh, Republicans, decide, not the party bosses who have decided to embrace uh, Lee Zeldin. Uh, so far, the polls indicate that Andrew Giuliani is ahead, and that's because this is a law and order issue campaign. Let's face it, everything's law and order, and the name Giuliani is synonymous with that. Let's go to Larry in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Larry. Hi, Curtis. Uh let us remind our listeners uh, uh, this weekend before they eat that hot dog to remember the supreme sacrifice that many of our, our, our veterans who have lost their lives have done. Well, and not only mem- uh, remember them, it's kind of hard to do it by yourself. So people need to research. You know, they can Google anything nowadays to see if there are reflayings, commemorations uh, in their uh, neighborhoods, visits. Uh, to uh, to uh, those uh, those last places of uh, resting where our veterans uh, are buried. A lot there are a lot of military cemeteries that are open uh, for visits, and then naturally the few uh, remaining uh, Memorial Day parades that exist. You're going to have a big one tomorrow, Larry, on uh, Forest Avenue starting at 12 noon. Uh, there'll be another big one in Little Neck, Douglaston. Uh, that one I'll be attending uh, with uh, Rudy and Andrew. So. Um, no, no, yeah, it, it, but people got to go out of their ways. It can't just be putting lotion on at the ocean, going to barbecues, shopping till they drop. Although I don't know how they could do that with the price of uh, meat, uh, with chicken, with gasoline. Uh, uh, I mean, you got to take a reverse mortgage, a payday loan with this inflationary cycle. So, Larry, there, there are events out there, but people have got to attend them. That's right. Now, Curtis, I was going to talk about. Uh uh, Tom Cruise, but I want to divest from that. Uh, you brought up the subject earlier about the situation with these shootings, these uh, uh, crazy shootings in the schools. There's uh, a couple of simple things that can be done to, to correct this. One, every school has to have a trained armed security officer. Second, every school building in this country has to have a, a site assessment to determine uh, the security of the building. Uh, there may be some leaks somewhere. So the doors open, et cetera. Three, every school has to review their uh, um, their uh, active shooter uh, procedures. Now, all of that, uh, Larry, all of that, uh, you, you're right on. It's spot on. It's common sense. But you know why that's not going to happen? Because we're uh, two-year anniversary of George Floyd being killed in the streets of South Minneapolis by the Minneapolis uh, police officers. Uh, at that moment, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, other groups uh, who want to defund the police, defund prisons, defund the military, they started uh, a movement to get rid of uh, police officers from schools. So you can imagine, two years later, we're talking about having armed, trained police officers in schools. And two years before, there was a movement led by one of the guys who'd like to be our next governor in New York State over my dead body, Jumani Williams, who hates the cops, wants to defund uh, the police, defund prisons, 
and yet lives in the safest location in the five boroughs of the New York City. Every night, when Jumani Williams, the public advocate, that's a fugazi position, you do nothing but cut ribbons and you use tax dollars to plan, plan to run for higher office like de Blasio did, uh, like Mark Green did before him, uh, like uh, Tish James did. It's all it is. It's a, a stepping stone to higher office, and you're using our hard-earned tax dollars. He lives on the active garrison of Fort Hamilton. Tomorrow, there is the annual Bay Ridge Memorial Day Parade, and they start at about 78th and 3rd early. Be there at 11 o'clock. It's the earliest parade starting. I'll have guardian angels there. And then they move in the direction of the park that's right outside of Fort Hamilton, an active military base. I guarantee you, Jumani Williams, who lives in a house on the active military garrison, the Army base of Fort Hamilton, will not be in any commemorations. Every day when he returns in his taxpayer-funded SUV driven by armed police officers who are with him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, he's got to show ID to the military police. Now, you would think the media would be questioning this so-called man of the peeps, this progressive, this supporter of AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, and say, why do you live on a military base? What are you afraid of? Now, I can tell you there may be a reason he lives on a military base. As I had discussions with uh, Michael Baricic, Rudy Giuliani, when he was U.S. Attorney for the Southern District, and he had confidential informers, I said, Rudy, If memory serves me correct, when you had a confidential informer that you had to uh, deprogram every night, they were living on the active military base of Fort Hamilton. And he had a belly laugh. I wouldn't doubt he's a CI confidential informer. He wouldn't be the first. He wouldn't be the last. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jeff in Greenpoint. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jeff. Hey, Curtis, uh, I have two quick questions for you. Number one, uh, I mentioned Andrew Evil Eyes Cuomo a couple of weeks ago and his best friend magically uh, rolling underneath an MTA bus. Did you ever look into that story? Yeah, in fact, I'm pursuing it now, although I'm pursuing another one uh, that has risen to the surface. It's interesting because back-to-back, belly-to-belly, the uh, Heritage Group, which... Uh, uh, promotes the annual Gay Pride Parade uh, in New York City uh, that goes past Stonewall into Greenwich Village, once again insists that any of the participants cannot be uniform members of the NYPD or law enforcement. They will not permit that. Uh, in San Francisco, a very liberal, progressive, even far more liberal and progressive than New York City, uh, and f- who have far more gays and lesbians and transgenders per person, per capita, and have more of an influence on local government. Their gay pride uh, group also will not allow uniformed police officers from San Francisco to march in the parade. Their mayor, to her credit, who is like Jumani Williams here in New York City, has said, well, I'm not marching. Our mayor, Eric Adams, condemned the committee for not permitting uniformed police officers to march, but has, hasn't said whether he's going to march or not. Now, come on, Eric. Even Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope last year, said, I'm not marching as a result of that decision. Although it may well have been that de Blasio, whenever he does uh, march, 
uh, before and like during the uh, Support the Israel Day Parade, that schnook, that schmuck, that schmendrick marched and people were booing him and screaming curses at him in Yiddish. He was oblivious to that. It may well be that's why de Blasio chose not to march last year. But I understand it on good authority. We can't say breaking news here. But I'm on the cusp that the same committee that runs the Gay Pride Parade in New York City may have extended an invitation to Andrew Evilize Cuomo, the former governor. Why? Well, remember, Andrew Cuomo as governor uh, was able to muscle through the first law that allowed gays and lesbians to legally get married anywhere in the country. Uh, He was able to convince, uh, I think it was three or four Republican state senators, to buck uh, their party that said vote no. They voted yes, and I think all of them uh, were voted out of office by uh, Republican challengers. So they they took uh, a tremendous political chance. They paid the political price. Uh, but that's why gay and lesbian marriage is legal. You don't have to just be a domestic partner any longer. If you choose to get married, you have all the same rights that a heterosexual would have. And I understand... And believe it or not, even though he's perv number one, the former perv governor, even though thousands died because of his orders to transfer coronavirus-infected patients from hospitals back into long-term care units of senior citizen facilities, thousands died because of that command, that he may have been invited to this gay pride parade. Now, imagine the hypocrisy. Uniformed police officers, gays, lesbians, transgenders, who uh, had to lobby for years to be able to march in their uniforms, finally won that right, long overdue, now told you're not welcome in your uniform. But can you imagine Andrew Evil Ice Cuomo marching in the gay pride parade, as he did originally uh, uh, over many, many years, passing Stonewall, people would be giving him a standing ovation. And then I'll be standing there and saying, hey, what are you, what are you applauding this guy? As a 23-year-old campaign manager of then Mario Cuomo running for the mayoralty in a runoff against Ed Koch. Ed Koch was ahead in the polls at that point. Andrew Cuomo entered the room at the Queens County Democratic uh, Club, which is right on Austin Street, still there. Matty Troy was in charge, and he said, Dad... You're going to lose unless you adopt this strategy. What's that, son? In fact, he never said that. He always called his father Mario, which I found strange. Mario, we've made these posters. We're ready to put them up, but we need your green light. Vote for Cuomo, not the homo. That was Andrew Cuomo. Obviously, Mario signed on to it. But here's the guy who might well be marching in this gay pride parade, getting a standing ovation while the committee prevents gay, lesbian, and transgender NYPD police officers from marching in the parade with their uniforms. What a shanda! What a double disgraziata! Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
Oh, God, do I have vertigo. I mean, there are issues that are flying around fast and furiously that are going to completely upset you. Uh, I'll be signing off at 5 o'clock and turning over the 50,000 powerful watts of sound. So nice. Uh, the suits are doing it twice. To Vinny Madugno, the rising star here at WABC, his entertainment hour. And then, as you know, it's Jersey Joe Piscopo for two hours. Ramsey Mazda, Sinatra show. Then Dina Martin, as she plays the best of her father's tunes from Steubenville, Ohio. Dean Martin. And then, yes, I'm back. And then I'm going to score the trifecta, the Trinity, the Troika. Once Dominic Carter comes on at 12 for his one hour, I'm going to say, surprise, 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 Dominic. It's no Frank Morano. I'm housing him. I'm taking over those four hours. So the truly WABC, the acronym, will mean always broadcasting, Curtis. And let's not forget, this whole week it's lunch with Curtis. That's right, Monday through Fridays. Right after the Bill O'Reilly update, 12 to 12.15. And then it's yours truly, 12.15 to 1 o'clock. And I never discuss the same issues over and over and over. That's why if you join me at 9, as you should, we're going to be talking about how uh, the MTA, Money Taking Agency, along with uh, Eric Adams, has told the junkies, the dope fiends, uh, don't be ashamed to get high. They've got posters up everywhere. Now, buses and subways. Hey, you want to shoot up? Don't, hey, don't be ashamed. Do it loud and proud. Just make sure you keep your mask on while you're shooting up. This is probably one of the dumbest things out of the many dumb things that you have ever heard of in your life. I know you're saying, I can't believe they would actually be doing that. They are. And then we're going to be going in depth at the Department of Education, dumbest organization ever, anywhere, that's uh, the acronym, DOE, dumbest organization ever. They have a $36 billion bloated budget out of a $100 billion budget in New York City that's way too much to begin with. That's a third of the budget. And now they have a book reading program for our children, and I've had uh, all three of my sons in public schools, Anthony, the oldest, at 18, Carter, who's 13, Hunter, who's 11. But if you're on the young side, they have a book called Our Skin, which tells kids that white people invented the concept of race to claim that they are better, smarter, prettier, and that they deserve more than everybody else. Yep. Now, what, what, what do you think the grade level is that this is being introduced into? Second grade. And we're paying for this. Now, I'm assuming that the mayor, the swagger man who has no plan, is not aware of it, but he's certainly aware of it now. And his chancellor banks. And I'm hoping by tonight at 9 o'clock when I return that they're going to have made some kind of official statement on this. Because apparently there is a whole library of these kinds of books It might as well have been written with the imprint CRT, critical race theory. So you don't have to go anywhere here on WABC. It's back-to-back, belly-to-belly live programming. No best of because that's only worst of. And we've gotten rid of the dreaded infomercials. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's Rich in Connecticut. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Rich. Hi, Mr. Curtis. I'm one of your supporters in Connecticut for the, your, the mayoralty and uh, hope to be again. 
uh, as uh, the great uh, international administrator that you are and uh, your depth of uh, depth and breadth of knowledge. But I just want to uh, uh, commemorate the uh, Americans who died in Vietnam, uh, my, my uh, cohort generation, and uh, why we fought in Vietnam. And uh, we had a big alliance in Vietnam, and uh, they saved all those countries from communism uh, in, uh, that were our allies that felt they had to fight also. Thailand, the Philippines, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, South Korea, and they are uh, free countries today, and uh, that's what was accomplished. And why we fought in Vietnam was what President Kennedy said at the time in 1963. We had to go to war in Vietnam because the uh, communists in, in, in Laos, uh, which we had just negotiated a treaty with, broke that treaty. So uh, a tremendous amount was accomplished, saving uh, Southeast and East Asia and the Pacific. Well, 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 Rich, that's your interpretation, and you're certainly entitled to that. This is America. That's what uh, men went off and died for and got injured for and fought in war to preserve that. But I will tell you this. You go to Vietnam nowadays, it's still communist, although they practice capitalism. They're our ally now against the red Chinese menace of uh, President Xi. And it just so happens if you were to have a conversation with our mayor, Eric Adams, he loves Vietnam. He's gone on junkets there before uh, to uh, Ho Chi Minh City, which is now Saigon in the south, to Hanoi in the north, uh, because it's not the way it used to be. And i got to tell you this, uh, what a mistake, what a series of mistakes. Vietnam, we are lied to by LBJ. Bush 43 lied to us uh, about Iraq. We'll go through a whole litany, and as I look at the single solitary slabs uh, in the military cemeteries, men who gave up their life, many of them for all the right reasons, they gave their life for the right reasons and sometimes followed leaders who uh, incredibly caused the carnage and the damage that led to their deaths and never once apologized, wrote books, made millions, continue to thrust their... Uh, their chests out and act like they did the right thing. The rest of us know. Let's just uh, focus on honoring those men and those who died in battle because that's what Memorial Day ceremonies are about. It's solemn. It's not happy. It's solemn.